Captain Archer of the Battle Cruiser Enterprise. Enterprise. Measure of a fan, a Star Trek podcast in which three nerds watch all of Star Trek in chronological order, one of them enduring it all. It's the very first time. My name is PJ Montgomery, and I am joined as ever by Matt Troy. Hello. And our resident Trek first timer, Elliot Red. Hello, everybody. So, we're recording this episode. Uh, the last episode we released was our episode on Observer Effect, and we had some tweets. Oh, did we? We did about that Observer <laughs> Effect thing. <laughs> the. The one where me and Matt just like went crazy and hated the episode, and you were like, it's "All right, <laughs> yeah, that one, <laughs> that one." So, uh, first we had um, from Andy Frankham Allen, uh, once and future guest on the podcast, who said, "It's interesting how this season, often lauded, isn't landing for Elliot at all. Something about uh, something to say about all this setup meaning nothing for a non-fan, which could be considered a failure on the producer's side, alienating non-fans." It's making me reassess Enterprise Season 4, which was my favourite season, but now I'm seeing it's pretty much continuity over solid stories that work to newcomers and fans. Continuity, when used correctly, should not alienate newcomers. So well done, Elliot. You've turned Andy off Season Woo! 4 as well. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. If it's like, that's a genuine change of opinion, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think he is right. I think we mentioned a little bit about that in our last episode that hasn't come out yet, where, yeah, you know, it is a bit continuity heavy this season. But you're breaking people, Elliot. Stop breaking cool. people. The show broke me first. <laughs> and then we heard from uh, Dan, Academic Trek, again, once and future guest on the show, uh, who said, I'm going to defend Observer Effect. Yes, it suffers from all the things that the whole of Enterprise does. But for me, it's the purest sci-fi story of the series. It could be better, absolutely. The link to TOS is kind of cool. I, I I I agree with him there. It is a, very much a, a an old fashioned like Holland Ellison style sci fi story. Admittedly, and again, my problem with it lies entirely with the execution within the framework of the Enterprise. <laughs> so I, I replied to to Dan and I said, "PJ basically agrees with you. Elliot's just a big meanie who's gotten to Matt." Yeah, he's he's poisoned me with his weird insurrectionist talk. <laughs> I do it again too. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. People are tweeting us. Continue to tweet us, people. Any people. I don't care. <laughs> he really doesn't. I mean, I don't care who. I'll reply to anyone <laughs> except Elon Musk. Yeah, um, I mean, you might push the numbers up a bit. <laughs> I'm not paying for Twitter blue. You. <laughs> <laughs> So this week we are looking at United, which was a story by Manny Cotto, teleplay by Judith and Garfield Reeve Stevens, directed by David Livingston, and first aired on the 4th of February 2005. 
and we open on the <laughs> same Romulan drone ship that uh, Trip and Malcolm were on at the end of last episode, and they're basically falling over. That's our mm. opening. Yeah. Mm. That is certainly what happens. <laughs> and then we're back on Romulus in the room where they're piloting the ship, where Daft Punk are piloting the ship. Mm. Only now I notice this week they have the curtains open because the element of surprise is no longer there. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's really stuffy in here. It's going to be like, open the curtains. <laughs> I think it was probably more the like prop and set designer was like, can we... I put a lot of work into that. Can we just open the curtain so you can see it? Like... <laughs> is it me? Or does... I mean... You might not know who this guy is, but does the Romulan guy, the the, the the bad guy that you guys know from other shows, reminds me a bit of John Shuck. John Shuck, the actor. That, that name does not mean anything to me. The name rings a bell, but I cannot place it. Uh, John Shuck John. Uh, is an actor uh, who plays many roles. He <laughs> is um, Herman Munster. Oh, yeah, yes. He played Dral on Babylon 5. Yes. He's many Klingon characters, I think, in, in Star Trek. And uh, he's also in MASH as um, the um, as the dentist and various other things. But yeah, he's in Dick Tracy, My Mom's a Werewolf, Star Trek Four, The Undiscovered Country, Pontiac Moon, and various other films I'm reading off a list. But yeah, he reminds, <laughs> kind of reminds me of him because he's got that kind of big... Solid lower jaw there. Yeah, he does have a very square jaw. He does, yeah. Who was he in Star Trek for? The Ambassador. Thanks. The Klingon Ambassador. Yeah. Right. <laughs> there are a lot of ambassadors in that film. Yeah, there, there are, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I should have specified, yeah, as he has played many Klingon characters. The Klingon <laughs> Ambassador. <laughs> you still knew which one. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Darth Punk are piloting the ship around and uh, Nigel, the Romulan, he's, he's genuinely <laughs> named Nigel, genuinely. He's <laughs> basically going, ah, these two humans won't last long. And then Admiral Valdor, the actual good Romulan, who's bad, says, well, and the ship's approaching, it's next target. So let's not kill the humans yet. Let's blow up this ship. And it approaches a Rigelian ship and they're all like, turn on the hollow emitters. And yeah, they. it's a really considered attack, because you're like, right, attack it a little bit. Not too much. Not too much. Okay, let them do a distress call and blow it up. I, what I like is that the lasers, or the phasers, maybe I should say, are the the right colours. So it's obviously got like a little little thing in there, like a little filter it can put over the uh, the phaser emitter to fire the right colour phaser. I think T'Pol said something about that the last episode, that they can fake weapons. They've got, yeah, they've got gels. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it destroys the ship, and then we see that the Romulan ship has disguised itself as the Enterprise. Dun, dun, dun. We live there. Do we? What? I mean, as as uh, as observers, yeah. Oh, there's an effect of that. Who who are we possessing? I don't want to be Malcolm. Oh no. I would want to possess. Oh, I mean, you'd get away with the most if it was Travis, right? Like, yeah, Travis just playing the Invisible Man on the ship, like walking around. But no, I, I would, I would possess Archer because he needs to be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll tell you who I would possess. I think the best one to possess, where you just get to see everything and no one pays attention to you, I would possess Porthos. Ah, yeah. <laughs> you just get a fuck ton of cheese, <laughs> sit in the quarters on the bed. And I've had a good time then. It's... If you really wanted to disrupt the whole ship, you just possess Chef and give everyone <laughs> rageous diarrhea. I, th- I think if I wanted to disrupt the ship, I would possess Topol. He's like, do some science. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, possess Topol. I would just be the most, like, gym locker room fucking guy. Yeah. Like, hey, how you doing? Buddy slap on the ass. What's like, that? Push Malcolm into the lockers. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a swirly. <laughs> a Melvin. Oh. So we then get the credits, and then we're on the Enterprise, and you know some of the senior staff are gathered around their table on the bridge, and they found out about the Rigelian vessel being blown up, and Archer's like, so uh, it shows that we blew it up. Did we blow it up? <laughs> and, and Travis is like, I'm pretty sure we didn't. He's like, oh. <laughs> and T'Pol says, no, we definitely didn't, but the Rigelians do want you arrested. And Archer's like, that's fair. Lots of people do. Yeah, I am an awful person. <laughs> but <laughs> T'Pol and Travis have come up with a plan. They say, we've designed a sensor grid to exchange, ex- uh, sorry, extend the Enterprise's range so we can detect the Romulan ship. And Archer says, great, what do you need? And they go, 127 other ships. And Archer goes, right. Like they've, we've literally not seen that many ships in the entire show up to this point. They've not, not had that many mentions of that many races. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. If everybody sends one ship, like it's going to take it like five years to gather. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I get, I get, got a little lost in all of the different mentions of species in these episodes. Which ones are the, are the Rigelians? Oh, oh, they're just dudes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they... Do they have they ever appeared, have I, actually? No, have I screen? met them? Have I encountered them? I don't think we've seen a Rigelian. The, the, wasn't in the pilot, the, the icy world they went to, wasn't that Rigel something? Yeah. Mm, I'm look them up familiar. now. Rigelians. Star Trek. Cause <laughs> like, did you say I, Star oh, Trek was a Star Trek? Because I could just about keep up with Tellarites, Andorians, Romulans, Vulcans, and humans. Oh, we have seen Rigelians. Uh, so, but they're not... Um, I don't think they've actually appeared on on screen until later on. Oh, oh, is this this one looks like? Yeah, there is a Rigelian ambassador, but I don't think it's a big deal. Don't worry about it. Fuck okay. the Rigelians. But yeah, Tellarites and Dorians are the the main ones to worry about. Yeah, in in this instance. Oh yeah, those dudes. Okay. Yeah, Elliot, you haven't met them. So yeah, they're. The Rigelians want to arrest Archer. This is going to have no further bearing on any of the rest of the plot. But Archer needs 127 other ships. He doesn't have 127 other ships. He's like, I have one ship and we're on it. (laughs) Everyone's like, yes, we know. Why do we have to explain this to you all the time? And then in sick bay, Shran is talking to his almost dead girlfriend who got shot in the shoulder last week. And I think we asked this question a few episodes ago. What happens if you shoot someone like in the arm, but the phase is set to kill? It still kills. It's, it still I kills think it's an, an Andorian, Andorian thing, though. I don't know yeah. maybe if it would kill everyone. They, they specifically mention... mention some like, yeah. Andorian effect of... Yeah. Like, they... like what was it? Toxic shock. Frozen, yeah. frozen butt cheek cells or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. 
they like the phasers clearly did something to Andorians that it might not do to humans. But yeah. at the same time, I have a feeling that it would just change on whatever they needed it. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Of so. course, that's, that's what a Star Trek is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, she's she's basically lying there dying. Shran's very sad about it, and Flock says, "But now I must close these curtains. So let us leave." Yeah. He's like, why? He's like, well, it freaks me out when the room is too big, so I close the curtains <laughs> to make it look smaller. <laughs> why can't you have her this side of the curtains then? Don't tell me how to do my job. <laughs> but Shran does say, I'm not going to let you die unavenged. He does, though. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so then Archer walks in. And he says, hey, hey, I have a proposal to make to you. And Sharan says, I don't want to, because I would like to kill Tellarites. Wait, is your plan killing Tellarites? And I was like, no. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> he kills them. He tries to. He doesn't kill them. He gets stopped. But he tries to kill them. Pig destroyer. So then we're back on Romulus, and there is now a senator there, who apparently is named Vrax. Uh, and he's complaining to Valdor, saying, your ship's damaged, and it's adrift, and you've got humans on it. And Valdor's like, yep, everything's going according to plan. <laughs> and Vrax says, yeah, but it's not, though, is it? And Valdor says, shut up. Yeah, everything is fucked. <laughs> and, yeah, he's doing a great job of like just trying to sort of get by this like hairbrain operation that he somehow signed himself up to. He's just like, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And then Vrax is all angry, but he just sort of leaves with two Reman dudes who, this is only like the second time we've seen them, but we haven't seen them yet, because the other time we see them is a lot in the future. So how much do you know about what the Romulans are trying to do and why they're trying to do it? Everything. Okay, but is that purely because of this show, or is it like... It's because of other shows, but I mean, the idea yeah, here... So if I had seen other Star Trek shows, I would have a lot more investment in what these Romulans are up to and why they're Maybe, up to. Maybe, but I think it does work in both ways in that there's like, obviously, a mystery element. Like, I mean, we only, I mean, I say I know everything because I've seen these two episodes and I remember them, hmm. but um, what we kind of know as Star Trek fans at this point is that uh, like 100 years before the first, oh, no, is it 100 years or 40 yeah, years? Yeah, roughly. The right. first Star Trek series, the original series, the original Kirk Series. Unfortunately, Enterprise lost every possible aspect of a mystery element the second that they binned Future Man and went, nah, don't worry about it. Like, there's no possible chance after that that you can introduce something and make me go, oh, I wonder where this will go. Maybe it will be interesting. <laughs> Six episodes left, Elliot. Six episodes <laughs> left. Um, but yeah, so like, we basically know that there was a war a long time ago between Romulans and I think initially it's kind of pitched as Earth, but it's been slightly retconned to be like this sort of coalition that that, that Archer has created. But yeah, that, that's basically it. And also the other thing that we know is that the Romulans never actually get seen by the, their enemies. Hmm. So nobody realizes that they are effectively Vulcan bros. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, basically what they're saying is that they're trying to destabilize the region to yeah. make mean they can grab power. That's all you need to know for these episodes, yeah. really. They're yeah, just exactly. power hungry. That's yeah, all that pretty much. Pretty yeah, much. they're an imperialist expansionist people, effectively. Kind of like the Klingons, except that they do things properly. They have not made the painted the Klingons in a like 
power-hungry light. They've made them as dicks and like akin to like pirates who might raid your ship as if they're passing it. But they'll also seemingly just help you out and have galactic ambassador meetings if they need to. Like, the, yeah, the, I, don't, the, I don't really get it. The Klingons, <laughs> the I mean, with any kind of Star Trek races, that they have a defining characteristic or two. Yeah, and then what we find out in the episodes invariably is, oh, there are actually more like us than than we would care to admit. You know, it's that kind of thing because there isn't that episode, isn't there, where there's like a bunch of refugees who are escaping because their world was or their region was conquered by Klingons and it was dog shit living there because it would be, wouldn't it? You know, mm. but like, would you rather encounter, you know, encounter a Romulan ship or a Klingon ship? Then which which is the better to encounter theoretically? I think if you are just a ship dicking around the galaxy, it's probably mi- minorly better to encounter a Romulan ship because if they don't really have anything that kind of you know go against you, they'll probably just let you be. The Klingons will probably hassle you unless you've yeah. got like, you know the backing of a government they don't want to upset at that particular time. The Klingons will give you shit. And even then, sometimes a Klingon captain will go, "Yeah, but think about how honourable it would be if we blew this ship up." Yeah, do you think how honourable it would be to like break into this three-man space station and like give everyone a roughing up? Okay, so <laughs> I do find that interesting because the you've so far painted the Romulans as the more dangerous, perhaps overall in general, in that they're actually power hungry. The Klingons aren't actually out there causing wars they're just dicking around and, and harassing people i mean they are we're not seeing it at the moment but the Klingons yeah. are invading places it's just they're doing it very much by force okay i think pound for pound if throughout the entire history of star trek the romulans are the worst of the two mm. because the klingons have proven that they can be worked with when you appeal to their sense of honor and various other bits and pieces and you know there's something in it for them whereas the romulans are like a xenophobic faction um, and the Romulan threat kind of goes quite deep into the rest of like Star Trek history up as far as Picard, whereas the Klingons, you know, later become quite chummy with them after yeah. sort of the, the you know, classic Trek and early uh, movie period as well. So there's there's obviously Klingon members of Star Starfleet in, in Worf. What about yeah. Romulan? Are they Romulan members of Starfleet? Uh, only spies. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> But um, yeah, I mean, I think like by at a certain point in history, there are probably a few Romulans knocking around in Star Trek. There's certainly a couple of plots of episodes are that a particular character has lied about their uh, their ancestry, yeah, being a Vulcan to to get a place on a Starfleet ship. So yeah, yeah, and to be fair, Worf is the only Klingon in Starfleet, and he was kind of raised by humans as well. So yeah, okay. right, he's got a stupid haircut. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. The Romulans are arguing, and Valdor's like, no one will know it is a Romulan ship. And then the Senator's like, what if the Vulcans scan it? And Valdor goes, okay, then they might know, but we're not going to let them scan it. I found this interesting, actually, is why would the Vulcans know? Uh, Propulsion matrix, because it's Romulan, which I guess their technology may still share some, you know, some design. If that's the case, why aren't the Vulcans more suspicious about who the Romulans might be? Unless it's sort of like because the Vulcans are like the senior partners in the Alpha Quadrant at the, at the moment, they might yeah. have experienced Romulan dicking around in the past when they've poked in. Because the idea is Romulus is quite far away, isn't it? He's in the Beta Quadrant, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So like it's quite far away. Uh, yeah, they're oh no, Beta. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're in the Beta Quadrant, or at least yeah, quite far away from the the the, the Coalition at the moment. So they occasionally like scout out. 
cause a bit of trouble and then run away going, <laughs> Yeah. And then the Romulan senator, as I say, just leaves with these two Reman guys, which if you haven't seen Star Trek Nemesis, you're going, why has he just got two Nosferatus with him? <laughs> I mean, everybody just, you need a Nosferatu. If you're going to be like, if I had an alien like bodyguard, I'd want him to look like a Nosferatu. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, I want it to be scary. Yeah, it'd be intimidating. Would you yeah. fuck with someone who was backed by two Nosferatu? I have always thought Nosferatu looks like he would blow over. Like <laughs> he's he's creepy looking. Don't get me wrong, but I also feel like you could just slap him and he'd go. Nosferatu is like a swan; he could break your arm. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're confusing Nosferatu with Hoshi. Oh yes, oh yeah, Hoshi. <laughs> yeah, Nosferatu's Hoshi. like a swan. <laughs> Hoshi can randomly do jujitsu. I was, do you know what? I was thinking the other day. Isn't there literally like a Future Armor episode where Fry asks? Um, Sulu if he can do karate because he's Japanese and then like <laughs> Sulu tells him off for making like a weird racial stereotype. I feel the writers of this show did that last week, you know, or whenever it was. <laughs> well, yeah. A little bit. It's still the early 2000s. We're not quite enlightened yet. And if anything, we've gone downhill since then. So <laughs> Yeah. Things have got worse. <laughs> so, back on the Enterprise, Paul walks into Archer's ready room. And Archer says, so I've spoken to Admiral Gardner. Starfleet is sending every ship, and they'll be here in three weeks. And Paul says, what about Columbia? And Archer says, it's broken. Yeah, she's actually uh, with Dr. Frankenfurter at the moment, building a man. <laughs> little Rocky Horror joke here there. <laughs> and then Paul says, well, I've spoken to T'Pau, and she's sending 23 ships. And Archer says, only 23? And Paul says, yeah, remember how we disbanded the Vulcan High Command? <laughs> yeah, it turns out that fucked with a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, T'Pol picked a really bad time to do shit like this. And Paul went, you started it! Yeah, as always, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> and Archer's saying, well, I want to get the Andorians and the Tellarites involved, because then we'll have enough ships. And T'Pol says, yeah, but, you know, Andorians won't take orders from Vulcans or Tellarites. Tellarites won't take orders from Andorians. And Archer says, I think we need to put the humans in command. And T'Pol says, there's only one human ship, and it's this one, and you're in command of it. And Archer goes, yes, I know, convenient, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, she, he's basically, she's basically there going, right, okay, we've got a boat, and we have to get uh, some malt, a hen, and a fox. <laughs> Across the river. <laughs> He's like, I think I will be the boat. <laughs> Did you want to say something, Elliot, or just make weird noises? It was one, then the other. <laughs> it's probably best not to ask him. Yeah. <laughs> this is what will happen next. So we go back on the drone ship and Malcolm and Trip are inspecting the systems and Trip says, well, I think I found an environmental system so I can turn on the air. And he turns on the air and they can take their helmets off. Why do Romulans breathe air? <laughs> Sorry, it just came out. You can choose, can't you? I mean, I guess that you, you probably can choose because I imagine there's like some kind of chemical filtration system with like various things in it and you could probably go, right, I need to make this breathe the air as opposed to like air that a jellyfish in the upper atmosphere of Jupiter would breathe. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But luckily it's it's perfectly good human air. 
you run out here. Oh yeah, there's also like the What is happening? I'm just so, so tired of saying the same things over and over again now. Why are you trying to say different things? Because the show isn't different. The show is the same. The show's always the same. I'm just saying, man. I'm out here every week coming up with quality gold, like sticking sugar puffs up your dick, all right? (laughs) I know we're desperately trying to leave that behind, but it was the best example I had, all right? (laughs) <laughs> anyway, ignoring Elliot, not making points. <laughs> Malcolm thinks the ship's deserted. Maybe it's a prototype, and that would explain the bridge that they found. And that, but they've modified an existing ship with drone technology. All these advanced computers. So they're going to try and look for the controls of the propulsion system, basically, so they can turn it off. Yeah, I mean, by two thousand standard, they they're like talking about a Pentium or something, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Intel three, I guess. Yeah, I'm not a computer guy. I don't know. It might be mice that run it on wheels. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Mice, <laughs> Romulan mice, though they've got pointy ears. <laughs> oh, I want to see a tiny rock. Oh my god, that'd be so cool if they like cut to like Vulcan in one episode that comes up and something and the and the rodents have pointy ears. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> So why not, right? And the like angled eyebrows as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're wearing a lot of bronzer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so back on the Enterprise, Archer's got Shran and Ambassador Growl in a room and they're arguing with each other and they're about to get into a fight and Archer's like, eh, we could cooperate. And they're like, what the fuck do you mean? Yeah. We don't get that because we're angry. <laughs> I like insulting people and I'm arrogant. <laughs> like, Have you tried not being arrogant or insulting? No. And so you could cooperate like humans do. <laughs> and then he says, and we have to cooperate because I need like a hundred more ships and yeah. you guys have got them. <laughs> Are you skipping over the whole like, you killed my girlfriend? No, I didn't. She attacked me. Oh, no, that's, a, no, that's a later scene. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then Archer basically says, look, if you want the Romulans to rule over all of us, and they go, oh, fine, we'll team up. But we're not going to be happy about it. Oh, God, no. And then aboard the drone ship, it goes to warp, and Malcolm goes, oh, the ship's gone to warp. And Trip goes, how do you know? And Malcolm goes, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just got a feeling. <laughs> got a warp feeling in my buttocks. <laughs> yeah, the warp tingle that you get when you... <laughs> <laughs> I like it when it goes to warp five. It's like when you're watching like surround sound, like some kind of like big speaker set off at someone's house, and you're like, "Ooh, that's uh, vibrating through my body in a weird way." <laughs> so, Trips found like a conduit on the bridge behind a hatch. He's going to go in there and work on the controls. And he says to Malcolm, "You look at the the, the bridge controls, and working together, we'll figure this shit out." And then on Romulus, Nigel's all Valdor. <laughs> They're doing something on the bridge. I don't know what. And Valdor's like, oh, fucking hell, Nigel. Nigel really is a little bitch, isn't he? (laughs) I really had to stifle about three minutes of silent laughter at the start of the episode for a fucking Romulan called Nigel. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Is he from Niger? Nigel 7? Nigelian? Whatever the fuck. Is that what it's... It's not not like Earth Nigel. It's meant to be like a different sound. Nigel, I think, is supposed to be. Yeah, it's N-I-J-I-L. Okay. And 
but, you know, I think it's quite funny to just call him Nigel. Oh, so. yeah. It's brilliant. I wish I wish more aliens were called just standard things. Like I mean, that. why not? You like if you went to a planet and he's like, "Oh, what's your name?" And I'm like, "Like, I'm Ralph." You'd be like, "What, Ralph?" And he's like, "Yeah." In our world, it means you know, superb blue-eyed king or something. You know, it's got some maybe like a less racist thing. Maybe it means like I don't know, friendly hairy man. And he's like, oh, like on my planet, Ralph means uh, uh, your dad's mate from work who brews his own wine. <laughs> Yeah, and Ralph is from the planet of the Ralphians. <laughs> he might as well be. Imagine you were called like, you know, Manfred Mann. By the light. You went traveling in space. You're like, I'm Manfred Mann, a human, and they're like, shut up, and you cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, I am. <laughs> 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 Again, it's another Dr. Seuss example, isn't it? A Manfred man, I am, I am. I'm a man. <laughs> so Malcolm and Drip manage to get the ship out of warp, and Malcolm knows because of the, the warp tingle goes away. The warp tingle. Do you know, I mean, sorry, I, I, I just had another thought, actually. You know, a lot of sci fi shows we see like a few aliens from a, you know, to a certain race. Like, what if, you know, like to Paul, to Pow, and Spock, like, but all other like Vulcans had different. It's like, what if they were the equivalent names of like, you know, Obadiah or something, or like, you know, Tarquin. Like, they just had, like, really rare names, and everybody else on, on like, it was, Vulcan was called, like, Gary, Henry, Anne. Oh, they, they particularly just had weird parents. Like. Yeah, yeah, they got weird, like, wanker parents. <laughs> <laughs> One of them was called, like, Bingeable, like, that's what his name means. Well, that, what <laughs> parent celebrities, is that why... Yeah, oh yeah, of course, yeah, they might have celebrity parents because they are obviously, you know, in, in positions of privilege. Yeah. I mean, we, we know Spock basically does have celebrity parents. He does, yeah. Like, Shran might be the equivalent of, like, Moon Unit Zapper or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, the ship's gone out of warp and Malcolm and Tripp are still trying to break things, basically. And on Romulus and I just like, no, they've got in this bit of the ship. They're in the, they're they're in that bit of the ship. <laughs> it is very annoying for him that much I can tell. <laughs> and Valdor says, Well, we're gonna have to kill one of them. So <laughs> Trip is still cutting through systems and they're like, Yeah, we're breaking shit, we're breaking shit real good. And then Nigel's still panicking. And he says, look, they're vandalising it. So Valdor says, we'll seal him in the room. So they do. The door suddenly shuts on, on Trip, And Malcolm can't open the hatch on his side either. And then they hear Valdor talking to them. And he's saying, so I'm going to flood this compartment with radiation, Commander. And, uh, you know, if you don't fix our warp drive, you're going to die. Lol. I like that uh, Tripp's genuine initial response when the door closes is that it was Malcolm's fault. And he goes, what'd you push? Yes. <laughs> no, it wasn't me. Now, Malcolm, experience would tell me. Yeah, I know how this works. <laughs> Just let me die here, sir. Just <laughs> to die. So yeah, Tripp's going to die in seven minutes. Back on the Enterprise, Shran has given Archer a pad with Andorian writing on it. And these are like, he, these, these are the codes for the Andorian ships in the sensor grid. And Archer says, 
you know I'm going to have to give these to the Tellarite ships that are participating. And Tran's like, do what you have to. Yeah, he was like, he was chewing the scenery in this particular one. <laughs> yeah, it's great fun. And then he looks at all of Archer's pretty pictures of the other Enterprise ships. And he says, have you served on all of these? You old bastard. <laughs> and Archer's like, no, most of them, no. Just, in fact, this is the only one. This yeah, yeah. One right He's like, most of these are Brit before my Which one is of your time? Apart from you, <laughs> And then Shran's like, ah, my ship, the Kumari, was named after a sailboat on my planet, too. Maybe in future, ships will be named after our ships. And Archer says, I can't think of another Kumari in Star Trek. And Shran's like, fuck you. On a Dorian Star Trek, it's the lead ship. (laughs) Actually, there might be another Kumari at this point now. Uh, Let me, as you were, let me just. uh... I know there's definitely a ship called the Shran. Yeah, there is a Shran. There is a Shran. Ah, uh, no, it's just just the two, the ice cutter and the uh, one that got blown up. So Andorian Star Trek didn't go so well. It got cancelled. Yeah, the didn't have a letter writing campaign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're a successful film franchise. Yeah. So back on the Romulan ship, Trip's like, okay, we're going to have to do this and this and this to fix it. And Mac's like, wait, I've got a better idea. And he just shoots the door and it does nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they are kind of working towards something, so I'll let him get away with it this time. Yeah, yeah. Trip deactivates the reactor, and he's like, ha-ha, I did it. And then the Romulans just turn on the backup, and Trip's like, fuck. And just, Trip then just starts pulling wires out everywhere, <laughs> which I quite enjoyed. <laughs> and I also like that because the Romulans can hear them talking to each other, and Malcolm, because he's very proper, has referred to Trip throughout as Commander, and Trip just calls him Malcolm, so that's what Valdor calls them both as well, that, Commander and Malcolm. That made me laugh, actually. Yeah, come on, Malcolm. <laughs> yeah. Do your duty, Malcolm. <laughs> so, on uh, on the Enterprise, Paul walks in and says, hey, Captain, we've got all 128 ships, and they're in position. And Archie goes, fuck, that was fast. <laughs> yeah. Usually, that shit takes ages. <laughs> Are any of them human ships? No. Ah. Doesn't this happen in Next Generation as well? Yeah, it does. Uh, only that's all much easier. <laughs> yeah, because they just get a bunch of Federation ships to do it, and it's yeah, yeah. on the same side. Yeah, yeah. I want to say in the Redemption. Yeah, episode. isn't that like a two-parter, or is it just no? It's just the one. Yeah, the uh, Bridges seasons four and five. Ah, right. Yeah, I like that one. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. Elliot, you still here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still here. You having fun? Star Trek, right? Yeah, that's the shit. Not yet. <laughs> Do you have anything to add to the conversation? Um, it's an audio medium, so... Yeah, no, I... Uh... No. Do <laughs> <laughs> you, Malcolm? <laughs> I'd say don't call Elliot Malcolm, he doesn't like it, but it's his character name it, in that other show. He's literally called that in the Safe Space podcast that me and him have I don't know him. how many times I reiterated that the character hates his own name and refers to himself to everyone else as Jackal, and yet everyone still calls me Malcolm Archer. Yes, because once you tell someone you hate a name, what else are you going to be called? Calling yourself Jackal is an incredibly Malcolm thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jackal. Like, there's also context to it. We're doing an 80s action sci-fi piece. Like, I've I've chosen a completely different piece in a Western cowboys in the 1700s than I would have called myself. Fuck. I have no idea what a fucking (laughs) 1700s cowboy's name would be. 
Deputy Malcolm. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Flox phones Archer and says, you better come to sickbay. So then we see Shran storming into sickbay and he finds Archer and Flox and Flox is like, yeah, your girlfriend's dead. (laughs) And Shran's like, no! He said this was going to happen! And he's like, yeah, he lied. (laughs) And now Shran's all sad. That's about it, really. He's a shra- shrad san. No, no, sa- he's mm. not. You, <laughs> you were close. Sad shrad. Yes, I like the way that her antennae things go all like limp and they're kind of just dangling. Yeah, and then because sh- shrad's sad, his go all droopy. Yeah, <laughs> sad shrad sounds like a Pokemon. It does. <laughs> sad shrad. <laughs> so back on the drone ship. Trip says to Malcolm, look, the radiation's getting real high in here, but do not save me. And Malcolm says, no, I'm the one with the death mish. Fucking hell. <laughs> death wish. I'm very tired. Uh, so he says to Valdor, I'll, I'll get your warp matrix back on. Look, let, I'm going to save Mr. Trip. He's like, who? <laughs> Commander. I'm going to save Commander. Commander. <laughs> What's your status? I should have my helmet. Radiation's at 180 and climbing. I can't shut it down. You don't have to die like this. You're not getting this shit back. You're wrong, Commander. Eventually, it will repair itself. You'll have died for nothing. All right. I'll reconnect the Matrix. Open the hatch. Malcolm, no. That's an order. Commander. Do your duty, Malcolm. Restore the Matrix. Save your commander's life. So back on the Enterprise, Ambassador Graal says, and the Telluride ships are now in position, and we just need patience. And Archer and the other Telluride, who's apparently called Narg, <laughs> with two A's, are like, patience, that's going to be difficult for Tellarites. And then Shran walks in and says, I just want to talk. And we all know that I just want to talk means I want to stir some shit up and have a fight. Yeah, he was the rattle cages at City Hall, doesn't he? That's what he wanted. Yeah. <laughs> just, just here to talk. Just want to have a chat. And Archer, because he's a smart man, says, I believe him. Let him in. Mm, you can't trust Shran. Shran's like a cat. Like, you, you tell him not to do something, and then he just kind of, like, quietly sits there, and you turn around, and he's, like, gnawing through all of your overbills. <laughs> yeah, so, he, so Shran walks in and just... Stares at Archer in the face as he knocks his glass of water off the table. <laughs> wow. Stop that. It's weird. Wow. <laughs> and he, he walks in and talks about his dead girlfriend and says, You murdered her. It's a narg. I have to say it like that. Narg. 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 Big man's got nargs. <laughs> and he says, When an important Andorian guards person dies, Far from their home world. She came from rich stock, by the way. I'm just throwing that in yeah, there. Yeah, my girlfriend was super rich and I was just about to retire. <laughs> <laughs> when they die, we carry a part of them back to the ice of the home world. Here, I've got a bottle of her blood. <laughs> and he throws it on Narg's hand. Yeah. He's, he's like, it looks like blue slush to me. <laughs> yeah. And I guess they want to cut off Narg's hand and bury it on, on Andoria? Some, something weird. 
and uh, then he's like, hey, Nog, if you don't face me in combat, then the Andorian ships are going to withdraw from the sensor grid. <sighs> he's got everybody where he wants them. <laughs> <laughs> so back on the drone ship, Trip's unconscious, and Malcolm says to Valdor, look, stop it, I'm going to fix the Matrix. And Valdor says... I'm not going to stop it until you have fixed the Matrix. And Malcolm says, well, I've now fixed it. And Valdor says, very well, and opens the hatch. You know how we fixed the Matrix? Pretended the last two films didn't happen. (laughs) What about the fourth film? Yeah, it doesn't exist. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. Me neither. Maybe I meant the third and fourth film. Maybe I like the second. My my biggest issue, which is not really a real issue, it's just sort of part of the reason I haven't seen it yet, is uh, that Keanu has his total john wick beard and hair in it and it's like almost impossible to differentiate that specific look of john wick and then say yeah. that's, then say that's neo as well and it's like huh that neo I mean, was the non-bearded keanu to be fair elliot you're watching a different film it's not like you're watching it going, I'm just, why is john wick in this i'm really confused you know it's the matrix <laughs> That wasn't my. I don't. I didn't say I would get confused about the actual film. I think that's exactly it's what not, you said. Just, he's there, like screaming at the TV, like, <laughs> just, in, just in the cinema, <laughs> just like yelling at the person next to me, saying, "Where am I?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like when I watch TJ Hooker. I'm not there going, but why is Captain Kirk in the police? I could believe that Captain Kirk would go undercover as a cop for a while. Why are you watching TJ Hooker for his dog shit? I've, I've never watched TJ Hooker. It's just an example. Captain Kirk doesn't have a specific beard and length hair that he then transfers over to another character only for those two roles, when normally for the first season of the first role, he didn't have the beard and cap. You, you know, that's just how Keanu Reeves looks now. It's not specific for John Wick. It is specific for John Wick. That's the only way that John Wick has ever looked. Yeah, but, but not... But... <laughs> <laughs> if Superman played by what's his name? Henry Cavill? No, the other Superman. Christopher Brandon Reeves. Ralph. No, the other yeah, Christopher <laughs> Reeves. Superman played Christopher Reeves took off his glasses in real life. So say if you met Christopher Reeves and he took his glasses off, would you be like, Ah it's Superman! No, what am I gonna do? Blow your own head off or something. No, I would be like, Oh, that's the dude who played Superman. Because that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> you you could you could just pretend that John Wick just happens to look a lot like Neo from the Matrix. But he doesn't. He only looks like Neo from the fourth film of the Matrix. <laughs> because that's the age and look of Keanu Reeves at this point in life. But it doesn't have to be the exact age and look of Neo. I would love it if in John Wick someone said, Oh man, you look like Neil from the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Neo is a character that can look completely to Keanu. <laughs> so is John Wick. But neither of them do. They just look like Keanu Reeves. How <laughs> have you made this a weird thing, Elliot? This is why other podcasts don't like us. <laughs> Somebody out there knows what I'm saying. No, nobody Yes, knows. they do. They definitely Nobody do. likes you anymore. <laughs> Only you. If, I mean, if you if there is a fan out there who's like, yeah, yeah, Elliot's right. First of all, seek psychiatric help. The second of all, write in and let... And you'll have this validation, because he, he needs it. I do not need it. I know I'm right. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh, okay, that's great. So, Malcolm goes over to Trip, and he's got both their helmets, so they put them back on just in case Valdor turns the radiation on, because he will, because he's a sneaky motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
and Trip's like, ah, oh, I wanted to die. And Malcolm goes, no, that's my thing. Yeah, that's my line. Besides, I have a plan. Did you read the instruction manual for your gun? And Trip says, no, why would I do that? Trip is the kind of guy who would read an instruction manual yeah. for, for something, but probably not a gun. Like, he'd probably be like, ah, oh, cool, a gun. <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> Archer comes into his quarters and there's, like, holes in the wall. Like, who else but Trip? <laughs> Malcolm says, well, if you'd read the manual, you'd know that you can set them to explode. And that's what I've done. And I've left it in that panel. We should find a way to leave. It's going to be a big boom. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, he kind of does it in like a coded way so the Romulans don't pick it up. I, I, I like that. Yeah, yeah, because they know they're listening at this point. Yeah, because they've called them Commander and Malcolm, which sounds almost like an 80s band. Yeah, Malcolm, Malcolm and the Commander. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but on Romulus, Valdor says to Nigel, get the ship back to Romulus. And then the warp tingle happens, so they know they're back at warp. And uh, Malcolm says, well, I'm sorry I've saved your life. I won't do it again. But, you know, quickly, let's get through this access panel. So they, they, they open an access panel and, again, just start pulling wires and tubes out so they can get through to another corridor. And that doesn't do anything. Like, you'd think that that would cause more problems than it should. Yeah. <laughs> like, randomly pulling out a, con- a washing machine condenser thing. Like. Feldor says, hey, that access panel they're trying to go through, where does that lead? And Nigel's like, oh, just away from critical bits into a corridor. Like, oh, this is probably fine then. And they climb through, and then the gun explodes and causes immense damage to the ship. It's pretty it is cool. cool. I did oh, like yeah, it was this the explosion where it went all white and fuzzy? Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. that was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool explosion. And it drops the ship out of warp, rips a hole in it, so it's and, and then sort of tears along a good portion of it as well. It's a lot of damage. It, it's ooh, it's a bio time I know, and it is the size of a small bird. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm just gonna keep an eye on that. Because <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like it could break in no. if it wanted to. Um, what was I? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the power conduit that he connected it to, I guess. So it just caused yeah. a chain reaction. Yeah, that was pretty sick. And it's, it's nice that we've finally seen a phaser overload. It's happened a few times in other shows, but this is the first time we've seen it chronologically speaking. Ooh, that's our thing. <clears throat> So back on the Enterprise, Hoshi's holding a weird knife to Archer's head and telling him about it, saying this is for a fight to the death. It's an ice miner's tool, but it's also a weapon somehow. And anyway, this is what the Andorians are going to use, and Narg is going to die in this fight with Shran. I mean, I get what Archer does here. It's very, it's, I mean, it's peak Archer, right? I would let that fat pig lose it fucking die. <laughs> yeah, same. I would have said, I would have said to Shran, yes, you can do this, but first of all, can we do the sensor thing? Then you can do it. <laughs> well, the problem is, Archer says to Hoshi that Ambassador Growl is refusing to let Narg fight. And to Pulse as well, the Andorians are going to find that yeah, very that's Yeah, that's the thing I would have tried to push on. I'd be like, well, tough shit. He literally killed an innocent person, alien, yeah, yeah. whatever. So he should face the consequences. He should be extradited to Andoria for trial. Yeah. yeah. Like, I would, I would happily have thrown him under the bus because he's yeah. all at fault. Yeah, because doesn't he use, try and use the defense? Oh, she attacked us first, and everyone else goes, yeah, but the fight was Yeah, yeah they don't over. even say yeah. They just everyone go, they just go talking. no, you're wrong. The fight Yo, was what over. What is wrong with you? Like, you absolute fucking moron. Like, everybody yeah. was chilled out, and you're just like, oh, let me pick up the gun now. Like, why are you even here? Did How you have you like... ended up with this position of power if you're this paranoid? Are like... you someone's, like, stupid fat son or something? Like, just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Inevitably, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
Shran's in a in a presumably guest room on the Enterprise. Maybe it's Groom and Daniel's room. Oh yeah. Why did you remind me? <laughs> Why not? And he's sharpening his own blade thing. And Archer walks in and he says, "Come on! Like a couple of hours ago, we were talking about an alliance, and now you're gonna jeopardize it for for vengeance." And Shran is like, "Yes." It's exactly what I'm that's gonna do. exactly what's happening here. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm going to do. Yeah, that's what I plan to do in about an hour's time. Yes, <laughs> and he's like, he, he comes up with some bullshit like, ah, oh, if you know, if I didn't kill this this dude in a fight, my crew would just they they would be really sad, and I can't have a sad crew. <laughs> I mean, fair enough, I guess. <laughs> and I'm just like, you don't even have a ship at the moment. Yeah, you. Isn't your like nineteen people? <laughs> oh, it's eighteen now. Remember, your girlfriend's dead. Why? Why exactly? Can't he just try and ex- explain to his crew that there's some, there's like a bigger picture here. There's like actually way more important stuff. And if if I can get over my fucking dead girlfriend, you all should too. Because he can't get over his dead girlfriend yet. Well, I don't know. He seems pretty over it by the end of this. Oh, yeah, but we're not at the end of this yet. <laughs> we might as well be. <laughs> and Yeah, so Strand's basically saying, Archer, you should be on my side. And Archer says, nope, because since Narak can't fight, I'm going to fight you instead, according to the rules. And Strand says, well, you're my friend, but I'll kill you. I'll definitely kill you. On the drone ship, Trip's very surprised at the amount of damage Malcolm's done, and Malcolm's like, I'm not. I'm very good at damaging things. <laughs> and they try to head for the outer hull of the vessel, where Trip can link their communicators to the subspace transceivers on the hull and contact the Enterprise. And in Romulus, Nigel's not happy about this. He says, well, we've, we've managed to get contact with the drone ship, and its self-repair systems are functioning, but... You know, I don't like what's going on here. And Valdor says, let me know when it has self-repaired its self-destruct capabilities. They don't kill Malcolm and Travis. Not Travis. Trip. (sighs) (laughs) If only Travis had this much to do. (laughs) Yeah, we're about to get the most, we're not quite there, but the most egregious moment of, we haven't given Travis anything to do. What can he do? But we'll get there in a sec. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) <laughs> so on the Enterprise, T'Pol walks into Archer's quarters and she says, you know Shran is going to kill you and you're going to lose he is much more experienced than you and he won't yield, and also if you kill him, the Andorians will pull out of the, the thingy, so essentially you have to die and Archer says yeah, I know yeah, I love dying, do it all the time <laughs> I died last night doesn't she then say one man can sum of the future is an old Vulcan saying. Yeah. And immediately I was like, there's another more famous Vulcan saying, which is the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one, which is like pretty much the cornerstone of your civilization. So what are you talking about? <laughs> one man can bring the future and bring it a pie. And you're making this up on the spot, aren't you? Yes. yes. But still, that was weird. That was a very weird thing because it's been strongly established even with this weird Vulcan continuity that we've got at the moment that the Vulcans are literally a collectivized society who are basically like we're looking out for everybody. Like That's why they can't be embarrassed because everyone like to kill themselves or something. <laughs> so, yeah, it's but Arch is about to get killed in a fight with Shran anyway. 
So back on the bridge, this is it. Travis walks over to Hoshi and goes, what you doing? <laughs> Hoshi's like, I'm, I'm studying the, the rules of the Ushan to try and find like a way of forfeiting the match without insulting anyone. And Travis is like, I'm going to help you. Because I yeah. have nothing to do. <laughs> I've got. But I found out the ship has an autopilot setting, so literally I freed up eight oh, of my yeah. hours a day. Let's <laughs> mysteries together. <laughs> yeah, he's literally just kind of like, on some sounds like it could go faster with two people, and I would have loved Hoshi to be like, "You can't do what I do." <laughs> <laughs> the language is inside me all along. <laughs> Travis, can you read Andorian? And then it cuts to, to them working on it together. What does this word mean? Uh, <laughs> what does this word? mean oh what does this word mean <laughs> i do like their sort of scooby gang setup but the fact that they actually do solve the mystery yeah yeah, yeah. they're basically studying it and finding loopholes and they, they say one like ah archie doesn't have any kids so shran can't kill him and she's like that only works for married people <laughs> yeah and then i think travis actually says could we get archie married yeah 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 and find him a wife in four hours yeah <laughs> Stop asking me to marry Archer. It's getting weird now. <laughs> and Travis says, my dad was challenged to a duel on a planet once because he looked at someone the wrong way. And oh, she's like, and how did he withdraw from the fight? And Travis is like, oh, I've got an idea. I need the rules again. Uh, it would have been funnier if he had just gone, and now he's dead. <laughs> I mean, he is dead. We had yeah, that I whole mean, episode about it. it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then we go to one of the launch bays where Hoshi, Growl, and Flocks all give Archer different advice on, on fighting Shran. And, and Hoshi's is very violent. Yeah, go for his nuts! <laughs> <laughs> and basically, they've both got these weird metal gauntlets strapped to their forearms, and they're tethered together, and then they've got their blades. And they do a bit of fighting, and Archer gets cut up a lot, and then he gets the 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 tether around Shran's neck and tells him to yield. And Shran doesn't, so Archer swings his blade towards Shran's head. And then we cut to black in an act break. It was an alright fight. It I, felt I, very original series to me. Yeah, yeah, it did. I, I quite enjoyed it. I like that weird, like... I can't remember what items that shops have, but like, there's that weird metal wire that stops you stealing stuff from shops. Like, <laughs> yeah. The taps your gauntlet. Yeah, I did notice that, like, they were... They have so they have a gauntlet in their left or right hand, whatever it is, and then they have a blade in their other hand, and the two gauntlets that the two people are wearing are attached via a rope or string or whatever. Uh, but it turns out that it is clearly it, it stops a blade at one point, so it's clearly made of some kind of stronger material than simply string, rope, elastic, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. it's like some kind of wire, wool yeah. stuff, cable, yeah. yeah. It was quite a uh, cool concept of a, of a duel i didn't think of it as alien particularly it just looked medieval but yeah it's a cool concept for I mean, a duel yeah they, they did basically the same in the video to beat it <laughs> yeah it, it it reminds you of like a gladiator thing almost like a roman yeah. gladiator yeah. thing yeah but I, I still enjoyed it i like the i like the kind of ice saw weapon that kind of does make sense mm -hmm. uh, for that kind of thing i've seen like weird like machete style ice saws in the past that are probably better than those but still like you know we don't know what the ice is like in andor andor wait i do also really appreciate it was probably one of his finest moments as at the start of the fight when shran says your move captain and before he's even finished speaking archer yanks the rope down and pulls him over him and it's quite a good move it's quite cool 
I do. I, I, one of the things I think that's actually quite good about Enterprise is how slowly but surely Archer gets into so many fights that he ends up being fucking badass. <laughs> <laughs> he fought a big lizard man and didn't lose. That, that was the turning point when he was suddenly like, I am hard as fuck. <laughs> I go back to and beat up my high school bullies and open a bunch of jars of pickle in a, sh- in a shop. Someone comes to stop me, I'm going to beat them up too. <laughs> the only person he fears is Hoshi because she breaks arms. Yeah, she's like a swan. She'll break arms. <laughs> So, uh, like Hoshi's like Nosferatu. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh, yeah, so he's we're led to believe killed Shran act break, but then you know we come back and he hasn't. He's just cut off one of his antenna, which I thought was hilarious. It was funny. It did make him look like an absolute knob end. It? <laughs> <laughs> it's the little bandage on the end of the antenna stump. Like I'm not an Andorian. I don't know much about Andorian culture. That's what the small amount we've seen on TV, but he did look like an absolute fig. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised they grow them back. Yeah, I thought that was a bit of a cop-out, to be honest. Yeah, but same. It could take nine months to grow back. I was like, no, leave it amputated. Yeah, I mean, do you reckon it fucks with his like center of balance and stuff? I assume that's why he wobbled when he got off the table. Yeah, Flock, yeah. Flock says it's going to take you a day or two to compensate. So that's so funny. I'm glad it goes back. I, I think it would be very embarrassing for him to walk around. <laughs> this is weird little. I hope he eats the severed bit as a as a cultural ritual. Archer's wearing it around his neck in this very scene. <laughs> <laughs> And Flox is like, that's a bit insensitive, Captain. Like, Do you want to have a fight? He's like, like, no. yeah. You think it's insensitive, but listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> and then Archer says, so I won the fight, you were defenseless, and I humiliated you. So by the rules of the fight, I win. And... This is something Star Trek has always been very good at, isn't it? Where it's like, it's a fight to the death, or possibly humiliation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm gonna, he pants him in the middle of the fight, and like, everyone's seen the size of his dick, so he can never like go back to public office now. There's always something like that, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. Star Trek has done this so many times, and I think it's only actually worked once, which is the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and Archer then goes to Shran and says, so... I completely embarrassed you in front of all of your crew. We didn't resolve anything that you wanted to, and you probably still have extremely strong feelings towards the Tellerites about your dead girlfriend. So, should we go do the thing? And Shran's like, yeah, fuck it, let's go do the thing. I'm over it now. Yeah, that's all it took. I, yeah, I feel like Shran should have been like tickling his other antenna going, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> I think what actually happened was before the cameras came back, Archer had grabbed Shran, pulled him closer and going, you know, you listen to me, you blue fuck. You yeah. don't go along with the sensor plan. I'm cutting off the other antenna. And when the cameras are turned on, we're going to play nicey nice, okay? <laughs> I hope that happened. Nice. <laughs> don't make me look, make you look like a double bitch. <laughs> so we cut to the bridge where Shran's still there with his stupid little bandage on his antenna stump. And Topol says, hey, we've detected the power signature of the drone ship. Uh, four of the Allied vessels have have uh, found it. The Enterprise is too far away to scan for biosigns, but we could just go there. So they go there. And Archer says to Hoshi, tell everyone else we're going there, and they can go there too. And they do. 
They do, yes. And the Romulans realise that the Enterprise is, is on its way, so Valdor says to Nigel, turn on the holographic skin. Ha, ah, they will never see through this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, make it look like a giant hot dog. <laughs> and on the drone ship, Trip and Malcolm are still there, basically, going, power hasn't been restored to its warp matrix, so but we'd better get out of here before it does get restored. So the Enterprise arrives, and oh no, it's a Vulcan ship. That's, ah, oh, what are they going to do? <laughs> like, we can't shoot it in the Vulcans. They're our friends now. <laughs> and Paul says, I'm a Vulcan. I think we can shoot that ship. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, works for me. Let's go. <laughs> and he says, can we scan it? And to Paul scans it, goes, yep, it is not a Vulcan ship. And I was like, cool, let's shoot it. It's like, we know you're a Romulan ship. The ruse has been lifted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then on Romulus, Nigel's all like, oh, it hasn't worked. And then the senator walks in and says, so I want to watch you win. And Valdor goes, ah, fuck. <laughs> the Enterprise is now close enough, so T'Pol finds the two human biosigns, but they can't beam them over because they've got to get a bit closer. So Archer phones them and says, we've got to get a bit closer to beam you up. And they go, oh, okay. And then there's a fight between the Enterprise and the Romulan drone ship. Which was cool. I love the way that Romulan drone ship is like zipping around, mm. <laughs> making them look like wankers. It looks absolutely ridiculous. It's it's kind of cool. Don't get me. I'm not 100 dissing it, but it's so silly the way that it like moves like a fly doing quadruple barrel rolls around these laser beams that are firing at it. It like it looks ridiculous, but not not that it's not kind of cool. It's like it's probably how the ships should move, given that the, they use thrusters and exist in a universe of Newtonian physics, but. Yeah, it's um, it, it, I I just thought it was fun to kind of to see it, and it's like a flea, so it kind of matches that kind of flea movement. That was yeah, yeah. yeah. There is a moment as well where they they're shooting it to disable the weapons and the holographic stuff, and Malcolm's like, they do know we're on board, and Trip says, well, why do you think they're shooting at us? Yeah, we just literally had a conversation about this. Remember, <laughs> <laughs> they have to get closer. If they're going to get closer. They're going to get shot. It did think that they were. It looked like the Enterprise was just about to fly into them when they were drifting in space as well. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So Nigel on Romulus says, "Oh, it's all going to shit." And the Senator's <laughs> like, "Well, I wish he said that." <laughs> and then Trip and Malcolm make it to the uh, the hull, and they just jump out of the spaceship. <laughs> they are wearing their spacesuits. I should put. They don't just. An important fact is that they are wearing their spacesuits. But T'Pol still can't get a transporter lock because the Romulan ship has shot them in the transporter. <laughs> oh, that sounds painful. <laughs> um, and just as the Romulans are closing in for the kill, a load more ships arrive. Some Vulcan ships, some Andorian ships, and some Tellarite ships. And I think a Mon Calamari cruiser? <laughs> uh, I, yeah, yeah. Is there like, there's, there's something else in there, isn't there? Yeah. There is like a second type of uh, Andorian ship that we don't very really see very often, so it might be that. Mm. It, it just looked very Moncala to me. <laughs> I want to watch it again now and see it. <laughs> <laughs> and none of them run Trip and Malcolm over, although one of the Vulcan ships comes close. The Romulan ship has repaired its warp drive, it goes to warp, the other ships all chase it, and Malcolm and Trip are like, well, now what? Because they've apparently not seen the Enterprise sneaking up behind them. <laughs> yeah. And then he just runs them over. Yeah. And then 
They're on board the Enterprise now. They've managed to fix the transporter. And they're taking off their spacesuits. And Trips are like, so Malcolm, you saved my life. But also, I'm putting you on report because you disobeyed my orders. And Malcolm's like, but no, I might not be able to be promoted. I saved your life and I did a good thing. And Trips like, ha, 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 I'm fucking with you. Yeah, I got you, you fucking wiener. <laughs> it's like such an easy target, Malcolm. And he's like, yeah, I do know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got to the briefing room where Archer's there with T'Pol, Shran, and Growl. And he's like, the drone ship escaped. But uh, one of the Tellarite vessels was uh, attacked by it. And the crew would have died, but they were rescued by an Andorian ship. So look, we're all friends now. And then Shran and Growl shake hands. And Archer's like, you know what? We don't have to wait until we get to Babel to have a nice chat about being friends. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thanks, boss. So it turns out warfare was the friend that we made along the way. <laughs> and then finally we cut back to Romulus and Nigel says that the drone ship has returned to Romulan space. So Valdor says, well, let's disconnect the pilot from the equipment. And they take off Daft Punk's helmet. And you know what? It's not a Romulan under there. It's a white-skinned Andorian who appears to be blind. It looks like an Andorian that somebody has stuck a straw in and drank all of the blue raspberry flavor out of. Yeah. Yeah, a blind one. What? To be continued. What it mean? Oh, they were blind. Okay, I, I didn't know if that was just a side effect of them having been like juiced from this machine, essentially, or something. I didn't, I didn't know they were blind. I could see that they had weird eyes. I didn't know if that was. I thought that was just a side effect of what was happening to them. I think when I watched this originally, because obviously I've seen the follow up to this, but I, think I remember when I watched this, I thought much in the same way that Elliot did that he'd been like under that mask thing. For like such a long time that he got weird and white. I think when I watch these episodes, I just watch these three episodes back to back the first time I saw them. So yeah, I, I can't remember. I think I, I ended up watching most of Enterprise after its initial run when I was yeah. bored or something. Same. Yeah, but again, I liked that episode. I enjoyed it. I don't think it was as good as the previous one. I think there's some sillier elements to it, like the whole this fight to the death can be sold if I just chop off a little bit of you. Yeah. Cover's dick. I think it was slightly better than the last one. There was more stuff happening and going on. Yeah. I, weirdly, I also find myself in agreement with uh, Elliot again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah marginally prefer this episode to the last one. Yeah. Um. I I actually really enjoyed the fight to the death. Uh. I liked. The that was probably my favorite part of the episode. Was the yeah. <laughs> yeah. The loophole was funny enough to carry it. I think if it had been literally anything else, like any other species, like. If they just, you know, shaved Worf's hair or it would have been rubbish. But just because it's like a stupid little antenna, it made me laugh. So I'm, yeah. I, I got behind it. Yeah, but I, I feel like we're um we're in a fairly strong three-parter at the moment. Let's see if it sticks oh, to landing, God, it's I a guess. Three-part. Yeah. Kind of. Eh, whatever. Definitely could be worse. This could be a Zindi three-parter. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there a Zindi, like, 24-parter or whatever? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, momentous as well, because the first time the four founding members of the Federation have worked together. I got a question for you. Yeah. What the fuck was the Nobilia Triaxius doing at this time? Because like they could have been definitely part of this outfit, right? Their ships are all like medical or something. I don't know. They didn't want to. They didn't even try and call them. But they, they, are they a founding member of the Federation as well? No, it's just these four. You'd think that like Flocks could have gone, look, this is thing, right? Um... 
it's like it's like a trade agreement but it's mutual defense as well and like there could be a lot of money in it for us and then the denominators would probably be like oh let's all rub tongues over our body like seven tongues and then we'll have a think about it but still i think they should have been involved what because were they like the fifth people i wonder maybe yeah to join the federation I'm Googling it. Who was the fifth race to join the Federation? Does it it say? I'm struggling to find anything. Uh, I mean, I'm guessing they were early founding member as well. But not not exactly as founding. They're like, hey, we joined at the beginning too. And everyone else is, no, that was like a week. Yeah, they they weren't allowed to join initially because they had to provide like their their, uh, sort of accounts. And the accounts were definitely dodgy. And they were definitely covering up buying uh, human organs for cons- human for denobulant consumption. Yeah, that's it. Are you are you going to stop eating people if we let you join? I guess. Yes. <laughs> They've got like a huge freezer, like underground on denobulant, with like ten thousand <laughs> years worth of human guts in it. And they're like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm enjoying this three parter. I know Elliot's not because Elliot gonna Elliot, but yeah. What do you mean Elliot gonna Elliot? Enterprise gonna Enterprise. <laughs> Exactly. Combine those two things. <laughs> I I stand by absolutely everything I've said. I don't regret a single comment. To be fair, you haven't said much this episode. I was, was meaning last episode as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> About the, uh, the I stand by system. everything I said in the first episode of the podcast and 70-odd episodes <laughs> later. It's the same. Oh my god, so many episodes. Yeah, this I know. Is the most episodes of anything I've ever done in my life. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I wrote like two web series. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, do do we want to say anything else about United? No, that was all right. I missed the football references in it, but yeah, it was fine. <laughs> um, yeah, boring. Wow. Okay. Well. Our next episode, Elliot, is the Enar. Mm-hmm. What do you think that means? Uh, how's it spelled? A E N A R. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. Okay. Well, would you like to guess what an Enar might be? No. <laughs> but could you do it anyway, please? Butthole. <laughs> For the people at home. A big butthole. Oh, well. <laughs> well, we don't have to watch that episode then, do we? <laughs> No, 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 I want to watch it more. Cool. <laughs> well, join us next week when we will look at a big butthole. <laughs> wow. Uh, in the meantime, please do find us on the internet in the various places we are. Links in the description. There's music from Elliot and other things from the rest of us. <laughs> Matt's done stuff. You can find that. Yeah. All of this stuff. yeah. He probably doesn't want you to find all of his stuff. Yeah. You stay out my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> There's our coffee, where if you pay us money, you can see Matt's stuff. So Yeah, I'll show you some of my stuff if you give us money. There we go. That's worth it. It's a fair trade. Link's in the description. Please check it out. Rate and review us as well. That's always appreciated because that somehow helps the show. The show. The show. <laughs> Fuck, I've broken. <laughs> you need to get some sleep. Ensign Jeffrey has been keeping you up. Ensign Jeffrey has vomited a lot today. Um... <laughs> Not while we were watching Enterprise this time. I think he quite enjoyed the episode. Oh, I um, doubt it. He, he he didn't go to sleep and he didn't vomit. So that ah, is, so he that, was enraged enough to stay awake. 
No, no, no. That's yes, yes, you know, if yes. he's enraged, he's making rage noises, and he wasn't doing that. So, from Ensign Jeffrey, was a silent rage. That is a thumb. He cannot do silent rage. He's too young. <laughs> he hasn't developed that skill. Anyway, yes, we'll be back next week to look at the Enar. Bye. 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 <laughs>